Everybody, this is Armand DeMille with you with the Positive Mind here on WBAI 99.5 FM on your dial, bringing you ideas, concepts, and guests to help you lead a more positively minded life. I was looking at some information recently that is indicating that the climate that we've been going through, the climate change is having sweeping effects throughout the emotions of the world. Not only the oceans, but the emotions. Now, you've been through a winter that was, I don't know about you, but for me, it was unlike all other winters. It was deeper, more profound. You guys, I mean, you've got these two others in here. Julian, this winter, different than what you remember? Oh, definitely. I mean, what, 15 blizzards? And uh, definitely put me in a place of darkness. It was dark. It was a dark winter for me. Uh-huh. Yes, I myself as well can say that I don't ever remember being so affected by the grayness, uh, the cold. I felt continuously chilled. I felt myself always looking to have a cup of tea to warm up, unusually so, feeling that, uh, you know, when Unlike you, because you're so physically mm-hmm. active, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're so physically active, you generally could generate your own heat. Uh, Audrey said it was like being in a freezer, like living in a freezer, is what she said. Now, the interesting thing about this is not just how cold it is, it is what the change that took place. Because according to what we're seeing, starting with the storm Sandy, something was unearthed that changed the air. It changed it. It was like we got hit by a comet. There are different forms of illnesses. There are different forms of... I wanted to get Jonathan Raskin on the air with us to talk to us about what he's seeing as a pulmonologist. There are so many different effects it has on people. So one of the effects that it has on people is this emotional wariness that I've noticed. Everybody talks about the weather. And the weather is a common conversation. When I was a kid, nobody talked about the weather. I had a friend who came over from Germany 10 years ago, and Dieter, and he looked at the newspapers. He said, only in America would weather be on the front page. He said, it's only weather. I'm sure he's not saying that nowadays. So there is something that has affected us. And it's affected us in a way that we may not be aware. And I think we have to prepare for it. We as professionals have to prepare for it. There is a thing we know which is called a seasonal adjustment disorder, which has to do with the different seasons and how people get depressed in the winter and they feel better when there's a longer longer light But there's something different than that that's grown, and I've observed it. And I'm putting together some information with my friends on this. And it seems that the worst is yet to come. Now, here I am, Mr. Doomsday, Armand DeMille, with you at The Positive Mind. But I think if we're aware of it, we probably 
can make peace with it. The scientists said in the second year of three reports that we're going to carry next year is going to be even more difficult. And they're expecting to try to make what's called a global climate treaty. The report is emphasizing the world's food supply is at considerable risk, a threat that has serious consequences for the poorest nations. Now, we know water is at risk. I often have this, uh, I have a hobby of looking at the way people invest in things. I see people buying gold and silver, but water has become such a commodity that the prices of water are starting to escalate. Is this good news? None of it is good news. However, we have done the damage. We have stood by as the damage was done. We fought as hard as we could to prevent it, but we're in it. What can we do? What can you do to keep your mind straight? Part of what you could do is to be aware that you're being affected in ways that you've never been affected before. That that which you used to think of, and I think the psychiatrists have to be aware of this as well, that that which used to work like serotonin reuptake inhibitors may not work because the serotonin may not be reuptaked in the same kind of way because the compression inside your mind is different. A waterlogged brain or a too cold brain or a too warm brain, all of these are tremendous effects. So my friends, I'm announcing <clears throat> that there's going to be a study that has to be done about the psychological effects of this kind of climate change. I'm looking for the positive. What I see is that any shift to the negative, any shift to the negative which is sudden, which is not understood, is going to be greeted by some kind of a hostile reaction. And so what we're going to have is our mind is going to feel nervous. I expect anxiety is going to be the biggest symptom. And a feeling of being locked in, in pressure. In Alaska, the collapse of the sea ice is allowing huge waves to strike the coast, causing an erosion so fast that entire communities are getting up and relocating. So people around the world, around the world, are suddenly having to move their entire communities. What effect does that have? This is Armand DeMille with you with The Positive Mind. How do we deal with ourselves? In Grand Central Station, October 2012, the tracks were flooded. And the a striking example of the change was that the Public Service Commission ordered Con Ed, the electric utility serving New York and its suburbs, to spend about a billion dollars upgrading its system. The plan is to reaction is a reaction to the blackouts caused by Hurricane Sandy. The blackouts that were caused, many of them were in hospitals. You couldn't possibly get service. Are we in danger of this? So, in a world with a global failure to limit greenhouse gases, the risk is rising that climactic changes in coming decades could overwhelm such efforts to adapt and that we are in some way going to have to be prepared for this. And I don't know how you do it. I don't know if moving up to Canada is the answer or is finding some new way of saying to your body, hey, okay, 
We're in this new place. Let's see how we can make this work. This is Armand Mill with you with The Positive Mind. Have you had any major effects to the season? Telephone number here is 212-957-2729. Many people I know who normally go out, who normally would spend time out of doors, have just decided to stay indoors. I've heard people like my sister who you could never keep in say, I can't go out, it's too cold. I can't go out, it's too cold. I'm sure in different parts of the world it's like that. You lived down in Texas. Was it ever too cold, Linda? No. No, it was quite... Um, no, I lived in El Paso for some time, and it was uh, quite quite warm. Um, but uh, the winds, the high winds and the dry, the dryness of the desert was quite um, something to adjust to. But, um, yeah, I think we come to realize how resilient we are when we have to combat. When you had the high winds in, in uh, Texas, it was like a different world, right? Oh, yes. What was yes. it like? Well, I had never experienced any conjunctivitis, for instance, and my eyes um, were always with this conjunctivitis, and my children also had it at the time. And I remember going to be treated for it, and they said, well, this is a, a res- you know, you're not as resilient to the wind factor because you've never lived here before. So I did see myself, and my skin became very dry. My hair changed because of the dryness and um, the, you know, the, the barrenness. It was quite, uh, quite an, uh, you know, a, an opportunity to be, to see how resilient we really could be. There's a funny thing. I remember being in France where um, we had a thing called a Mistral, which is a, a kind of storm that passes through on a regular basis. And that would affect the mood of everybody. Everybody would explain their mood had to do with the Mistral. Interesting how weather affects us. But I am saying that there's a different weather effect than ever before. And I think we have on the phone with us Shay who uh, has something to say about that. Hi, Shay, you're on the air. This is Armand DeMille. Yes, hi, Armand. Um, I, I also suffer from depression every year um, because of the cold weather, and there are times that I will not, um, you know, leave the house. I My social life is down. Um, I've noticed that um, it's getting worse now that I've, um, I've been diagnosed with the adrenal or indul- something's going on in my endocrine system where uh, my hormones are off, which causes my feet um, to get cold, and also um, my joints stiffen like um, I would say like a arthritic pain. So it only happens during the winter. Um, so Shay, why do you continue? What do you say to yourself? Do you say, "Well, I'm just going to get through the winter and I'm going to be okay"? Uh, I I just I try to ride it out. I try to ride it out. I call it hibernating. That's what I call it. When you're I, I, hibernating, what do you do? <laughs> I listen to Armand's show. <laughs> That's a good thing. I, I listen to radio. I, I watch a lot of books. A lot of our internet, internet research. I actually started a, um, an online business, um, you know, while I'm you know, home. But, um, only well, but now you bring something work. important up, Jay. What you're saying is, okay... So here we have this outside world come and become invasive, dangerous, and at the same time, people have gotten computers. And now they have their computers at home, and they're able to stay in home in a different way than ever before and reach out across the globe, not by going outside. You can actually do it through your, through your wires or the Ethernet or whatever, something like that, right? 
Yeah, so that's very interesting. So, so do you have a social life across the Ethernet as well? I do. I do. It's sad. It's sad. We we Google Hangout. We Skype. I got buddies over in Trinidad. So everybody is like connected to the computer. Every now and again, I may get invited to an event, but if it's too cold outside, I'm not going. And um, and I'm you can party not. just as well across the internet. Yeah, well, I mean, the Google Hangouts is like, you know, we'll talk about stuff. You know, it's like old friends getting together. We haven't seen from a while from school. But um, that's, that's as far as I, I go. And then sometimes the telephone, you know. Shay, I mean, Shay we'll let me ask you phone. something, Shay. Uh-huh. You miss your mama? I do, I do. I heard I that, do. I heard that. <laughs> I do, I do. And she's not even on the computer. She doesn't have a Facebook account. She doesn't do that. I have to actually call her. And, you know, she's, you know, she's, and if she's out and about. She socializes a lot. She gets out there a lot, but she's, yeah, uh, yeah. but you miss her. You, you miss her. I can hear you, hear your heart <laughs> reaching out to her. <laughs> she will be in New York, so she's actually coming to see me um, in a couple of weeks. So when I'm is really she coming in? She'll be here in May. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. The end of April, beginning of May. So she's. You know, taking that time off. You want to bring it down to the radio station? She might like that. You know, wouldn't it be know. fun? She's, a, she's from Virginia, so do you guys reach us clients? Well, on the internet you do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you bring it down here, we would all like to meet her. Shay, thank well, you so much for calling well, in. You are so bad. Thank you, Armand. Sure, Armand. Bye. So there's some people... And there I learned from one of our listeners. The telephone number is 957-2729-212-957-2729. So a way of dealing with it that has been given to us naturally is that we now have this alternative life. Whereas it used to be I come here, I didn't have a phone. If I called you, you were too far away. I'd have to get together and see you. That was the old days. Then there was a thing called mail. I'll send you a letter. You send me a letter back. Then it was, let's meet at the corner drugstore. And then they went beyond that. Let's talk on the phone. And then beyond that was, let's talk on the cell phone. And then beyond that was, let's text and let's email. And now let's Skype. So the world has changed significantly, my friends, and I know we could say it's turned for the negative, but it's just adaptation. It's just adaptation. It's, it's amazing how we adapt. Amazing. Michael, this is Armand DeMille. Hi, you're on the air. Hello, Good Michael. Armando. This is my first time calling. Well, congratulations. Where are you? You sound like you're in a subway. I'm in New Jersey. Okay. Um, I was just listening to your program. I usually listen to your program all the time. But um, today you said if there's a major problem in your life recently? Yes. Uh, well, you know, recently I purchased a home in the Poconos, beautiful home. And um, the job just went downside. And uh, all the overtime is about it just gone. Of all the overtime there. And then. Um, Wait a minute, I don't understand, Michael. You yeah. bought a home in the Poconos. Right. And you lost all your money? 
No, not all my money. Um, I took out too much money out of my pension to purchase the home. So when I do my taxes, I end up owing the IRS because I it got hit with a 30... You had to pay taxes uh, on the money you took out, yes. 1% plus 10% penalty. And wow. then the company restructured itself and, and, you know, just wipe out all the overtime. So I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But now talk about this. Do you have your little home in the Poconos? Do you like it? Yeah, I love it. You um, love it. I couldn't love afford it. a house like that in New York or in New Jersey. All right. But you love this house in the Poconos. Tell me one good thing about it. Well, it's 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 newly built. Um, it's. Four bedroom and uh, four bathroom, two car garage. It's you know it. It's everything that I uh, I dreamed of from a child. I How mean, did you ever do my that? My parents didn't have a home, so I put myself through school and um, just work hard. And now you know, purchasing this home, you know, is everything I dream of. So, so Michael, you gave yourself your dream. Yes, I did. You and, gave uh, yourself your dream. That. The hell with the but, fact that the government took some of your money. You gave yourself your dream. Do you know how few people do that? That's a wonderful thing. Now, you have children, huh? Yes, I do. You have two children? Yes, I do. A boy and a girl? Yes, I do. How do you like that? So you have this, so your two children, your boy and your girl can be running around in a house in the Poconos as opposed to a Manhattan apartment running on the streets. Yes, and I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. But one other thing is, I found myself, um, is I bought myself a BMW. I paid that off. I work hard and paid that off. And then I went back and bought myself another BMW. Uh-huh. And... And I'm just, you know, these little toys just keep popping up. And I was just hoping that this... Um, okay, so you're describing... Have, uh, you're describing okay. You're describing that there's a part of you that's out of control. There's a part of you that feels like it's out of control and not using its best judgment. When you took the money out of the bank, uh, you did not give full consideration to the penalties that you would be paying. When you bought the BMW and the second BMW, you're seeing yourself stretch beyond your means. That usually suggests a condition called bipolar, meaning a person has a kind of an energy for spending, for making things happen. And when they notice that about themselves, they could easily take care of that if they recognize that they're in one of those places, those phases. You know, they have a way of calming back. Now, I am willing to bet that you have a mate, you're, you're, you're married, you have a wife? Yes, I do. Okay, did she tell you to calm down? Yes, yeah, she did. She tells you to kind of lay back. So you married somebody who understands this penchant of yours and tries to tell you, you know, hold back, Michael. So now, Michael, you're even more brilliant than I thought. Not only did you have a beautiful family, not only did you buy yourself in the Poconos, but you bought yourself as well. You know, you, you put yourself in a situation where you have somebody who's a good friend who will also tell you when she thinks you're getting out of control. So I, I am sorry for the misery of your life, but Jesus, it sounds awful nice to me.
And there's a lot of people out there who say, you know, a tip in the hat to you, saying, Michael, you've done pretty good. Do you think your father would say pretty good, Michael? Yes, I think so. Yeah. When did you speak to him last? Uh, my father's deceased. I know. When did you speak to him last? I I, th- I thought about him uh, um, several times, but I haven't really had a mental conversation with him. If you did write this minute, what would you say to him? I would just say, you know, that we did it, you know didn't have much when we was coming up and you know you did your best and you know now that um things are you know a little bit different with me coming here you know i was able to make that sacrifice and that commitment and um have a home we did it dad so could you just add to the end of that if you feel it thank you for your help thank you for your help and do you feel that part yeah, I feel that part. I know he's um, he always around me and, you know, that kind of thing. You know, sometimes when I'm, you know, when I'm feeling down or have a bad day, I'll just reminisce in time and things that he used to. That's what know, I thought. It sounds to me like you speak to him every day in some yeah. form or other. Michael, thank you very much for calling in. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. House in the Poconos, two cars, two kids. Go ahead. You're going to ask me, how do I know he had a daughter and a son? <laughs> you're going to ask me, aren't you? You're going to get me later. You're going to say, how did you know he had two children, a daughter and a son? That's what you're going to ask me? Yes. Yeah. I don't give my secrets away. 212-957-2729 is our number here. So we talk about the weather and the effect of the weather on people. And it's had some really important effects. One of the effects that it's had is it's changed your smellometer. That's the ability that you have to smell things. Your nose knows a lot more than you expect. A bunch of scientists studying the breadth of people's sense of smell said on Thursday that the human nose is changing and it could distinguish between 10,000 different odors. 10,000. Get this? They concluded that the human can differentiate an almost infinite number of smells, more than a trillion. So when you see somebody who is a wino, you know, not a wino, but somebody who knows about wine, who can put their nose in a glass of wine and they describe woody, vanilla, you know, and they go onto the description, those are people who have a nose that distinguishes. People are accosted with a multitude of smells. But there are smells that are very, very specific. And see how many of these you could find in your own scent. Um, body odor. You know the smell of body odor? Right? Good. So your nose wrinkle. All right, one. How about orange peel? Now see if you could smell orange peel as we speak. Got that? Ammonia. Oops, see another one. Burning wood. Nice smell, burning wood, isn't it? Dog breath. (laughs) My dog had such a bad breath. It wasn't really bad. It was dog breath. Were your dogs had dog's breath? Yes. 
How about the St. Bernard? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Pine. Cinnamon. Fresh popcorn. You know, now, fresh popcorn is a very interesting thing because popcorn is meant to travel through. You know, if somebody here, one day we were at the center and one of our therapists decided to pop some corn and it was smelled in every room. It was like every room had it. Boom. Instantly. It's almost something secret about that. So up to, uh, so different people have different smells. There is, smell is meant to turn you one way or another. Smell is meant to take you to one place or another. One of the places that smell takes you is away from anything dangerous. So the smell of death sends you away from death. The smell of something rotten sends you away from eating the rotten unless you train yourself to discover the good within the rotten, like, for example, with certain cheeses. With certain cheeses, within that rotting cheese, there could be something that's very f delicious or desired. But an average... People usually are, are not a single odor, but rather a mix. The scent of a rose, for example, has 275 components, different things. So our noses have changed. Now, what seems to be happening with the climate shift is we are less, we are distinguishing less smells. I'm not exactly sure why that's happening, but I would imagine that there's some kind of saline effect, but people don't smell with the same um, skill that they used to. Fragrance is different. The air smells different. And it really does smell different out there. Remember the, the feeling, the smell of fresh air? When's the last time you smelled that? You know that smell? Sure. Uh, that early morning uh, air when you go out to the country or you go by the beach or you get this sense of uh, clean. You but get you used this, to get it all, yes. all the time in the city as well, right? Yes, yes, you don't really. But it seems to be missing, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to us next? We're going to become computers. Hey, we've got time. Let's get Ken. Ken, is, Ken hi, this is Armand. Sorry to keep you waiting. Hi, Armand. Hi, I've Ken. been listening to you for so long I just took a try. Thank you. And, and how are you? I'm good. And listen, we have about three minutes. Okay. And I'll take this call. And if we want to go beyond that, you'll just have to stand by while we take a break, and then we'll we'll continue with you. Tell me what's going on for you. Oh, just an abundance of stuff. You know, I, I'm 53 years of age. You know, I've been that sort of guy that always tried to take care of my family, and I've been doing a hell of a job with that for a lifetime now. And I'm... At this year point where I am beginning to feel a, a great deal of depression because things that things are just not going my way, and uh, I know that everyone is going through things, but it just seems not. Even with family, I've, I've done some wonderful things. I bought my mama house when I was a young man. Uh, I've been supporting brothers and sisters for a very very long time, and I, I just don't see any return in any of that. And it has caught up with me in terms of. And I, I feel that climatically as well. How has it caught up with you? I'm sorry? So who loves you? Well, I don't know. My, my, that's a, that's a, that's okay, a let's question. start with that question, right? I can actually ask you the question, 
who loves you? And you could answer, I don't know. And that seems to be the essence of it right now. You've done everything you could do to get loved. Not only to get loved, you've given love. Well, our phone is getting funny. Yeah, okay. We're going to have to cut it out. You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to have you call back in a couple of minutes. Because I'm going to want to take this. I see that there's some phone interference. You see it, Julian? Okay, you want me to try you again? Oh, no, no, there you are. Good. Something just happened where your phone went bad. Okay. So this this thing about uh, who's in your life now? You married, single? I I am uh, I have a, a fiance uh, partner. Okay. You have a fiance partner, and yeah, you wonder I, about that love. You're not sure about that either. Well, you know, it's because I've been through some real downers when it comes to marital relationships in the past. You know. Uh, and, and now I kind of, like, question everything that I do uh, in terms of how to sustain a relationship. You don't trust yourself. I, I, I used to, but I, no, I don't. I don't yeah, I, I, don't. Guess, I guess it looks kind of like this, you know. You, you would trust yourself because you used to trust yourself because you knew you were doing right. But right. suddenly you get blindsided. Suddenly you get hit from side after side with things that are saying to you. You just don't know yourself well enough. And it sounds to me, Ken, like it's time for you to get to know yourself a little better. What's the direction of that? Uh, the direction of that is, is uh, well, not a bad idea. Come by and visit me one time. Okay. Just one time. That's all. I only see people one time. I'd okay. love to guide you. You know, call my office if you want, 212. All right, you can find it on my website, thepositivemind.com. All right, I'll do that. Okay, Ken, thank you for calling in. Thank we you. have to take a short break, my friends. We are going to take a, a nice break with some beautiful music, and we will be back. This is Armand DeMille with you with The Positive Mind, WBAI 99.5 FM on your dial. Here's a little Adriano Celentano, my favorite piece. I want to know. I want to know. Vorrei sapere. Vorrei sapere. Come fa la gente a concepire di poter vivere nelle case d'oggi inscatolati come le acciughe nascono i bimbi che hanno già le rughe. To know. I want to know Perché la gente Non dice niente I Mr. Hyde I Dr. Jekyll I costruttori Di questi orrori Che 
e senza un volto hanno le case dove la carie germoglia già Adriano Celentano from the uh, album what is this? Svalutation? S-V-A-L? Julian. Come on, Julian. Svalutation? I believe so. It doesn't sound very Italian. S-V-A-L-U-T-A-T-I-O-N. Svalutation. Svalutation. If you say it with an Italian accent, it sounds more Italian. It's probably, you know, you're looking, are you looking at my entry? No, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for oh the album. Oh, my God. Anyway, the name of the album is I Want to Know. And what he talks about is he wants to know about what's happening to all the buildings around him and why the construction is happening. But I heard this when I was in Paris once. 
I heard this in the background, and I said, boy, that should be almost a theme song for me. This is Armand DeMille with you with The Positive Mind. I want to know, not only do I want to know, Mike will be with you in just a little bit, one of the things about smell change, which is very, very important, is between couples. Now, when your nose changes between people who are in love, you could find yourself feeling distant from them. You know, in the old days, you might have said to your honey, honey, let's take a shower and go to bed. And nowadays, you don't even think about doing it. Stuff like that. Stuff like changes in the physical smells. Changes in the connection you feel by smell to the other person. You could become less delicate. You could be less offended. You could be less offended by their bad smells. But also, you could be less attracted to their good smells. So, believe it or not, couples have changed in the way they feel towards each other due to the climate. The climate of all things. 212-957-2729. We have Mike on the line. Hi there, Mike. It's Armand DeBille. Hi, Armand. How are you? Good. Um, actually, what I was going to talk about, um, how usually winter is so depressing, and uh, and especially this winter, how, you know, it was basically like a shut-in winter. Um, my friend and I actually trying to turn the tables on the winter to not become depressed. How'd you do it? Well, we went and uh, we got into hiking. So right. during the fall, we were into hiking, and once winter came, we with just a few adjustments, we went out and we hiked. So after... After uh, work, we'd come home, we would pack a backpack, we'd have a little alcohol stove, we'd have uh, the right gear, and we would go out and we would enjoy the wilderness. The sun would go down, we would have lights, but we just constantly kept busy. We went out there and um, probably went on 17 or 20 trips, and it was only maybe an hour long, maybe three hours long at the most, right after work. And she and I basically said to one another how enjoyable uh, the winter was and how much of a misery it could have been had we just sat in and just and just let the cold and the, and the freezing rain. Well, the, let me ask you something. Wait, how yeah, long have you how long have you known this person? Um, quite a few years. Quite a few years. In prior years, did you sit inside with her and not do anything, or did you just decide that it's time for us to be friends? So you just decided it's time for us to make this a little deeper. Let's take some hikes together. Uh, just decided. Just decided. See, in previous years, you two, if you had each other, you may have never felt depressed anyway. So it's not just it's not just a hiking, but you found a partner. You found a partner. Let me ask you this very important question: How much of a partner is this? Um, I would say we are probably ninety percent. Uh, if, if if this makes sense, ninety percent just really good friends, and uh, but then there is because we're spending so much time together, a romantic side that's developing because of that. Okay, and she's married. No, no, no. She has no other relationship, just you. Right. Yes. So this relationship is developing out of a friendship. Who ever heard of friends becoming lovers? <laughs> Who ever heard? You mean actually a friendship loving kind of feeling? Well. Wow. I, I also, from past experiences, when you jump in, that whole expression of uh, love at first sight has not really proved to be too fortuitous. I think 
I mean, this is my opinion, that uh, a relationship built on being friends and getting to know each other's quirks and not having that pressure of having to date or whatever has actually worked out for myself, getting to know the person and being friends with the person first, yes. Okay, Mike, so tell me one moment. I just want to hear one time because we're going to get the other people who are calling, 212-957-2729. I want to know a magic moment during your hike life with your dear friend recently where it was just magic and with the stars involved. The stars. Uh, no, it was it was uh, during the days, so no stars. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I'm kidding. Uh, we actually went on a hike, and we had we just looked at a map, and I said, pointed to it, went out to there, and it was about a foot and a half of snow. We were trudging through it, and it was right on the, the bend of a river. And we just sat down and watched the sun... It was a bluebird day. and watched the sun just gleam off the river, and we uh, we had uh, food there. And as she was pulling the food out of the knapsack, I saw how she prepared the whole lunch and everything like that. It was just so warm and, and uh, heartening to see how much she was uh, just, you know, looking forward to eating with me and, ta- and talking with her. And that gave me a very, very warm, beautiful feeling to experience that with her. What a pretty thing. Yeah. Mike, how lucky you be. I guess so, yeah. Thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. Sure. See, now Mike's not sure he's in love. And he may not be in this phrase in love. Tomorrow we're going to be looking at love in many different variations. One of the variations I want, and this I'm going to ask you to do, our telephone number is 212-957-2729. We are taking your calls. Um... I want you to think of love as a punctuation. If there was a punctuation mark, right, how would love fit into that? How would it be? And how do you compare love when it has a period, an exclamation mark, a semicolon, an ellipsis? So we're going to look at that again uh, tomorrow and even today. But I would like you to send me an email, Armand at the positive dot com. So Mike talks about a relationship that built slowly. And he said the slowness of this relationship is kind of its own beauty. Because he didn't want it to be one of those that were just too fast. He wanted it to take its time. So if he were to say, if he were using punctuation, he might say, I love her. And he'd have a period at the end of that. I love her. Now, if he used an exclamation mark, I love her, it would be a different story. It's a different feeling. Now he's emphasizing it. Now he's telling us, I demand you pay attention to this. If he put a question mark at the end of it, he would say, we're 90% friends. And I think I love her. Right? Or, I think I'm in love? And it has a question mark sound to it. Of course, you could use a comma. And if you use a comma, you would say, you'd say, I'm scared, I'm lonely, I'm needy, but I found someone to love. How about a semicolon? How would you use a semicolon? Hey, Julian, you're a master of the English language. 
or should I say the Chinese language? Do they have do they have semicolons in Chinese? Mm, not that I've seen ever. Actually, periods are also circles. They're not actually periods. So is it, how do you punctuate the end of a sentence? You put it like a little circle on the end. And that means that's the end of that? Mm-hmm. So how would you use a comma? How would you use a semicolon? A semicolon, would he, I asked her how she feels, right? Semicolon. She said she loved me. Hmm. Colon. How would you use a colon? You you give a list of a list, the things exactly. I love about Go ahead. Him. For example, what? So I guess I would say, um, I love her. I love a the way she her face. B her nose looks at me. The way I look at her, <laughs> uh, her eyes, how they glisten when we're by the river and the sun's gleaming. Do you think any of your audience is listening to us right now? Because if there are people making sound bites out of what you're doing right this minute, it's going gonna, it's gonna to travel. It's going to be going across the universe. See, he's, a, he's, a, he's got a big following from his program. <laughs> How big is your following? Do you have, How many, do you have a lot of Facebook people? Uh, it's a couple thousand dedicated, I guess. Dedicated to you. Dedicated. Yeah. Dedicated fans. And what do you feel like when they're all in love with you? Um, for a while, it was really flattering and very um, exciting and weird. And then after about a month or two of that, I kind of sort of zoned out from it. And it sort of became just like work or something. So because they don't really know you? Because I don't really know them, yeah. Yeah. 212-957-2729. A hyphen, a hyphen, right? Imagine a hyphen. It's a love-hate relationship. That's a hyphen in between. I use a lot of hyphens when I write. I was writing a paper till uh, 10 a.m. this morning, actually, and I used probably maybe 50 hyphens in my paper. Back and forth. How about double quotations? Do you ever use those? A double quote? You know, there's quote, there's a single quotation. So you're quoting somebody who's quoting something. You're quoting yourself or you're quoting somebody who's quoting something. Then there are parentheses, which is qualifying, right? Whatever it is that you have. So so I, I, I think I'm in love, but then you have a parentheses that says, but it may just be friendship. How do you think about this, my friends? How do you think about the punctuation of your current relationships. So think about the love that you have right now. If there is love in your life, how would you punctuate it if you could punctuate it? How many dots would you put on it? Would you put an ellipsis on it? You know what an ellipsis is, Julian? Yeah, the three dots. The three dots. Oh, the three dots. They're great three dots, aren't they? I think, I think I'd probably put an ellipsis on I love her. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Mm. It's a nice thing. So we have, my friends, a number of changes going on on the planet nowadays. One of the changes, we were going to bring you an interview today, but we held off that interview because it took place right before. So we had uh, Judith, who we had interviewed, and we were going to bring you her interview, and then she went and she interviewed with Gary Null, and so Gary Null had her on right before us. And I thought that was piggy. I thought that was just a little greedy. 
you know, to be on one program after the other. So we'll have to hold her for another time, Judith, with all due respects, because I think you have a lot of important stuff to say. And uh, But saying, talking about love and talking about surrender and talking about the need to be able to be uh, direct and honest in your relationships, it's a very difficult thing. It's very difficult to be in love. 212-957-2729. We've got the lines all locked up for now. But if you call back, you'll be able to get through, I'm sure. 212-957-2729. If there is a... Uh, a place where you eventually learn to be safe. What's that place going to be like? If you could find a place where you feel absolutely safe, how would that be? How would you describe it? Can you describe what you're looking for feeling like when we spoke a little earlier? He told us about how he got his house in the Poconos and all the difficulties that went around it. And what happened to that? There it is. He talked about all the difficulties that he had and the difficulties he had in finding the house. But you know what I heard? I heard safety. I heard safety. And then sometimes you search for safety and you search for it and you search for it. And when you find it, you wonder if it's still dangerous. You're always wondering. So it's very difficult. Two one two nine five seven two seven two nine. We got time for one more call. Would you like to say that on the air? Oh, uh, woman. What's your name? Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, I'm on already. Hi, Jean. Yes. Oh, I just how clean. To correct you when you said I asked her how she feels. She said that she loves me. Those are two independent thoughts. They could be. That's a, a colon, not a semicolon. So, ah. the grammarian in me was balking. Well, Jeannie, like could, you, could you give me an example of how it would be a semicolon? Um, it has to be like a partial thought. Go I ahead. asked her how she feels. Oh, gosh. Got me there. <laughs> I got you there. Do you teach English? How do you know about English? Well, because I've studied, <laughs> and I'm, a read, I'm an avid reader. And I'm an, you know, so I try to, I what, try to know these things. What do you like to read I the most, Jeannie? Because I didn't get the semicolon. That's all right. What do you? What about the ellipsis? Could, what about the ellipsis of all things, Jeannie? Oh, let me you ask know, you. I something. just use them all the time when I'm reading. But you know, I, I just figured if it's good enough for E. E. Cummings to take liberties, it's good enough for me, right? E. E. Cummings takes such beautiful liberties. How about anyone lived in a pretty house town? With up so floating many bells down, is that familiar to you? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> beautiful poetry, right? Yeah, so, so Jeannie, since you're a poet and a reader and, and a lover of beautiful, funny, wonderful things, do you have any grandchildren? Yes, I do. I, have, I actually have four. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, they're beautiful. Is it three, do you have any? Is it three in one? Yeah. Are you psychic? Yep. <laughs> Tell me about your, your grandchildren. Well, I have uh, a soon-to-be 12, and I have uh, two little guys from my daughter, two little guys. One is uh, soon-to-be eight, the other is going to be four, and then I have an adorable little 
girl who's going to be three this month, and she's adopted from Utah, and she is so precious. They're all precious. So here you have three boys and a girl, grandchildren. No, 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 no. Two boys and a girl. Two boys and a girl. From one child, and then I have a daughter, I mean a granddaughter right. from my son. Okay, and in this, in this, you it's like they love you in a way that you've always wanted to be loved. And vice versa. Yeah, but let's start with the love of you. Do they appreciate you? Yeah, I think that um, the one that my son is divorced, so he lives in Ramsey, which is not that far from me, so his daughter is around more when he, see, he sees her a lot. So I have more of a relationship with her. She's the older one. But the other ones, when I come up to my daughter's home, um, they're they're just precious. But I I, I don't see them. You know how some grandmothers are always there? You know, they take their grandchildren places. I, I just don't have my life is very, very busy. So um, I just, wow, I'm getting into this whole big thing. They're like a punctuation <laughs> mark. about punctuation. They, yeah, well, they I are a punctuation in your life. Point. Your, your grandchildren are a punctuation point of your life. When, when you thought that, you know, you might be getting to a point in life where there was not much worth filling your life, you know, you as a grandparent pretty amazing. Yeah, but you know, it's strange. I have never gotten my meaning, even though um, I, I was an amazing mom, you know, according to my kids. I loved being a mom, but I always felt that I needed a purpose beyond that mm-hmm. because then when the kids move out or whatever, the expectations are unfair, I believe, and then you have that emptiness inside, which I didn't want to have. My daughter once said to me, Mom, you're never going to have an empty nest because I've just always had stuff going on. And the stuff that you've wound up doing in your life that made all the meaning? Well, right now, the thing that's given me the most meaning, in fact, I just played this morning, is I perform at the hospital, local hospital. I perform at the local nursing home. Oh, do you sing? I'm a, I'm a pianist. Be, oh, and, how wonderful. Uh, so I give them a lot of joy. I get, And it gives me so much joy. So I, I just feel that volunteering, since I have my pension, I have my Social Security, I teach piano lessons, and I have this ability to share my love of music with other people. Oh, so thank you so much, Jeannie. So it's much a, purpose. It's a great thing. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling in. If anybody wants to send me an email, it's armand at thepositivemind.com. What do I do in the morning? I wake up in the morning and I play music almost every morning. And mm. there's a particular song that I've been playing, not singing it to myself, but because it seems like such a good theme, I thought I would bring it to you all today. Thanks for calling in, Jeannie. Oh, my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we're going to have to leave with you, my friends. Send me an email, armadetopositivemind.com. I'll be back with you tomorrow at 1 p.m. And let's play you some music. Dance, my friends. Shake this one out. It's worth it. <laughs>